and we're back. Uh, for we've Dane and I have not podcasted in quite a few months, um, but for those of you who are just tuning in now, congratulations, you've had no breaks. Um, <laughs> we're going to jump right in today. We're going to be talking about a book this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about the book Kristen LeBron's Daughter, and Dane will tell us more about it. And when Liz says book, she means an 1,100-page novel, a.k.a. an encyclopedia. It feels like at times that you're lugging around in your bag. Mm-hmm. Worth the read, though. Um, it's by Sigrid Unzit. Probably botched the name. We're going to say that that's correct. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Depending on the version that you get, I do recommend that you look up the publisher. Um, I got mine off Amazon, and it was an old English version, and it was really difficult to read. Liz's was a little longer, um, but was written in a, yeah. honestly, in a text that you'd like to read, and a font size that's easier to read as well. Yeah, when they are uh, when it's published in 2005 and retranslated, it's a little bit more colloquial. Yeah, I highly recommend getting that one. Um, it was written in the 1920s, but it's taken place as if it's in the 1300s in Norway. Um, just so you have a little background on that. Yeah, it's a it's a Norwegian saga, as the oh. told in the tales of old. Just um, the encompasses the entire life of Kristen Lavran's daughter, from when she's a little girl to when um, she finally is an old lady and passes on. Yeah, it's her entire life journey. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a character um, that we honestly get to see all the parts of her, good, bad, and ugly. And a lot of times, quite honestly, I find her character to be kind of revolting. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's mm. just, she's hard to take. And it's written in third-person language. And Liz and I both said at times, it the character of Kristen hits really close to home. Absolutely. Um, and good... A terrible sin and uh, somewhere in between as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Kristen grows up. She is the daughter. She's the apple of her dad's eye. And she just is, has this golden child reputation. She has this golden blonde hair. Everyone thinks that she's Miss Perfect in the village, honestly. Mm-hmm. And her dad cherishes her and she has a great relationship with him. Um, and and his name is Lavrons. Yes. Um, hence the title of the book. Lavrons' daughter. Daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Kristen's mom. Her name's Ragenfried. And surface level understanding at the beginning of the book. Ragenfried is pretty distant. She's pretty melancholy mm-hmm. and spends a lot of time away from Kristen. Mm-hmm. So we know more about Lavrons at the beginning of the book, mm-hmm. but. As the book progresses, we learn more and more to a greater depth of what each character, what they have, what not only what they do, but also what it is that makes up their traits. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that that's part of the narrator ages with Kristen. Yeah. As silly as that may sound. No, I think it makes sense. The book becomes more complex as it goes on yeah, there are deeper absolutely there are deeper insights into the character um we start to get to a little bit know more about the the internal battle that each of them is going through and yeah more and more information gets divulged as the book goes along so yeah and if good bad or ugly within the book i'm honestly walking away from the book i could not read it again um i learned a lot from it yeah. but there were parts that were work for me to read mm. that's my favorite part of the book is the development of each character 
cool. and how it goes on and progresses in the complexity because I think it's a lot like life mm. how it, when we're kids we see stuff at face value and we just move on and I think the older I get the more I realize how wrong I am in that <laughs> truthfully you know yep um, every day yeah yeah um but back to Kristen she is betrothed to a good man his name's Simon Lavrons, um, also a great man. Her father is held in high esteem in the town, but is also a man of high caliber who happens mm, to be Liz's okay. favorite character, and she'll yeah. dote on him later. But well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> if we get to that, yes, he is my favorite. But Lavrons entrusts um, his beloved daughter into the arms of this man, uh, Simon, and Kristen. Kristen won't have it mm-hmm. because she's met someone else. Yeah. So she meets she meets Erland mm-hmm. or Erland, however you want to say it, mm-hmm. and he's much more handsome in her eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first night they meet, is that the fr- from the from the very first night they meet? Do they have the one night stand that very first night? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think it's the very first okay. night. The first night that they meet, um, he actually comes and rescues her and her friend um, from. A, a disaster in the village and brings them back to the convent that w- which they're staying. And later on they meet again up at the festival in town. Okay. And that's when that's when said one night stand happens. happens. Okay. So I was a night off. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so from that moment on, Kristen is head over heels, done deal. That's the man for her. So um, time passes Things unfold. She and Simon break off their engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, he he consents to that very graciously. Mm-hmm. And she, as time goes on, gets her way yep. and ends up marrying Erland. Gets, she gets her way again and again and again in the book. She really does. Mm-hmm. And before they get married, she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. She has the baby early. Um too early within the marriage Mm -hmm. and people get privy to it. She ends up over the course of their marriage having six more sons. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're we're giving you the facts here and the bullet points of it, but in all honesty, on surface level of this book, if it were just about the surface level, I would tell you to never read it. But the complexity with which the author writes and the themes that are within it are what we'd really like to dive into and devote our time to. Yeah. Because I'm telling you what, it's a powerhouse. <laughs> well, that's why we read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to dive in, and that's why we're talking about it today. So, um, Dean, what is something that really struck you about Kristen LeVon's daughter? Um, I'd honestly say it was uncomfortable to read how prideful this woman was, mm. how prideful Erland was, and the two of them together. My mm-hmm. gracious. It mm-hmm. was like the clash of the titans. Mm-hmm. But I think overwhelmingly so when we said Kristen gets her way time and time again Kristen could have been married to Simon and she could have had a really peaceful good life and she chose a really rocky path of a man who was an adulterer um, a man who was previously married a man who already had other children Mm -hmm. a man who brought scandal to her family a man who her father did not approve of and they haven't even gotten married yet Yeah, I mean that that's just setting the stage for for a rocky start and later on in their in their 
um, during the course of their marriage, Erlen cheats on her, um, mm-hmm. has another child by another woman. Um, and he does it because he doesn't have the affection of his wife anymore because Kristen is defiantly going against him and won't consent to being in his presence very long, speaking to him, let alone yes, sleeping in the same bed. <laughs> when she's used to getting her way with her father, that translates Gosh. into her wanting to get her way with her husband. Yeah. Always. Always. And then wanting to get her way with the Lord. Uh-huh. <laughs> again and again and again. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think, <clears throat> I think the hardest part within that is seeing the unfurling with her sons. Um, mm. Communication is really poor between Erlen and Kristen to the point where he leaves for, is it two years? And he oh. lives apart from her. It is a long time, yeah. Um, and they both, they, she goes out and sees him and stays in the cabin with him one night. Mm-hmm. And she comes back. And in that time together, they both say, it's better when we're together. Yep. She wants him to come that. home. Yep. He wants her to come there. And neither of them budge. No. And it's, they have made a promise to one another to be together. And yet they won't make the sacrifice of their own will to go be with the other. And it ends up being disastrous. Um, yeah. It ends up being disastrous um, and ends in more scandal and more death and destruction in their lives and in the lives of their children. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else with pride that you want to talk about? That way, yeah, it and it just continues. It can her pride continues despite the negative outcomes. Um, <laughs> it, like it continues. Yeah. Um, there's death at the hands of her pride. Um, maybe not a direct relation, but yeah. um, it happens. Um, it's an indirect uh, result of her pride again, a, a few times, and then also. It, it, she still continues. She's not dissuaded by it. Um, she holds on to that pride, um, not till the bitter end, but for right. quite a while, um, right. she is able to come to a better sense of under, uh, understanding of um, others' wills, <laughs> the yeah. will of the other. Um, but yeah, and within her pride, though, I think I think she recognizes that she struggles with it. She's. Uh, quite scrupulous about the sin in her life and yet she doesn't change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did that come alive for you in the book in any particular way? Uh, specifically the, the scrupulosity. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say um, constantly in the book she refers back to like old sin um, and mm-hmm. sin that she has she has sought reconciliation for um, in the sacraments um, and from others um, but yet she continues to go back and talk about how she's such an awful sinner and this is how it's affecting and this, 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 and this way um, and goes back and back and back and back over it and like doesn't trust in mercy now you can make the argument that she wasn't actually penitent when she was seeking that reconciliation um, which I think holds some weight Um, but she, she never ceases from going back to that and like 
beating herself up about that um, and just like not and failing to trust um, I think uh, I could relate to that in some ways and sure. uh, knowing that that we all can. yeah knowing just to place our trust in the Lord's mercy um, and wanting that so badly for Kristen when you're reading it um, yeah that's how it really came alive for me in that specifically yeah Thanks. We talked about the theme of switching gears here for sure. The theme of forgiveness mm, mm-hmm. of self, others, and God mm-hmm. within the book. Um, there's some daunting themes to break down, but mm-hmm. let's soldier in there, okay? All right. What do you think? What do you want to start with? Um. Gosh. Well, I mean, just stemming off of the scrupulosity into the forgiveness of self, um, I'd say she really struggles with that forgiveness of self for her actions. Um, and then um, it's not really towards the end of the book that she starts to realize that she has had a problem with forgiveness with herself, with forgiveness of her husband, with the forgiveness of um, just those who have wronged her in her life. Um she doesn't bear those wrongs very patiently. <laughs> um, she likes to hold on to that. Um, but she really does. Um, in the last phase of her life, in the last part of the book, um, she uh, makes a journey, much like a journey she's made earlier in the book, um, to, oh gosh, I'm blanking in the name of the town, but it's the town where the big cathedral is. Um, and she makes the same journey um and along the way, and then while she's there, she just really recognizes, like, the genuine love that she's had from other people, um, and the love mm. that her husband has shown her, um, yeah, even in his own stubbornness, <laughs> um, but he constantly, he is, like, constantly come, like, apologetic to her, uh, for any way that he's ever wronged her, he's been apologetic, but she likes to hold on to that, and be- she's become very bittered because of the small and larger failings of the people in her life. Um, and she finally, um, is able to let go of that in the end and, um, recognize the love, um, and like the sincerity of the apologies in her life, um, or lack of apology. Like she's able to just recognize the need to forgive. So that was a big takeaway for me from that. Yeah. Um, it was it was really difficult for me to read their fights actually. Yeah. Because they both do things that were wrong. I mean, and it's a different time. It's portrayed in a different era. And I'm not excusing domestic violence, but Erlen hits her a couple times, mm-hmm. and he always comes back and is heartfelt. Sorry. Every Ab- time. Every time. Mm-hmm. And she, I don't think she ever apologized. Mm-mm. And I honestly wanted to throw the book across the room. <laughs> I was so worked up mm-hmm. about it. Um. Yeah, and I mean, it's one of those things. Maybe she can't forgive that moment, but surely she could the next day. And right. She, she time and time again doesn't. So. And she wrestles with it, and she knows that she holds on to it, but it doesn't change her heart. Yeah. Gosh, it's yeah. frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think, <clears throat> I think too within that within that theme of forgiveness, I think it's really interesting to read her sons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and forgive me, what's the blind one's name? It starts with a B. Borgolf. Borgolf. Borgolf or something. Mm-hmm. He's, 
he goes blind. He's the second child that they have. And he gets really bitter about being blind. He gets bitter with God. He gets bitter with his family. He gets bitter with his mom. Mm-hmm. And he completely shuts Kristen out Yeah. for a little while. Yeah. And I don't sp- remember specifically the reason why he shuts her out. She's difficult to live with. And I think Erlen's <laughs> gone at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking how hard that must have been, must have been for her to see how her sin affected her son. Mm. And then towards the end of the book, this is probably one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. It's with school or S K U L E. And remember we told you they're Norwegian, so disclaimer on that with the names. Yes, neither of us is an expert on that. (laughs) Truth. Yes. (laughs) But whenever she and school meet up, and Mm -hmm. he's he's some sort of fisherman, Mm -hmm. works out on the boats, Mm -hmm. and he sees her, and he gives her a hug, and he asks her for forgiveness. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh my gosh, that beautiful. scene is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is because he was a little boy, and he did something entirely minor. I mean, like maybe like whack the back of the hand of a sibling or something. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't like he killed anybody or, you know what I mean though? Because they yeah. always are playing with different types of sword in the backyard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's amazing no one died with those absolutely um, <laughs> I think a house caught on fire at one point but no one died yeah yeah <laughs> but I think I think what was so touching for me about that scene was Kristen was willing to receive her son in that moment yeah um and that forgiveness and she really did forgive him mm-hmm. because she said and she's truthful she forgave him then mm-hmm. and I I thought it was really beautiful to reflect on that at the end of the book and to it gave me hope in Kristen. It did. Because Good. it's one of those things of, I give her a bad rap. She's easy to... There's so many targets at the woman. Oh, yeah. Um, I think she's got a lot of room for hope. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is one of those telling moments where forgiveness seeps in. <clears throat> she, she really did love school in that moment. The mm-hmm. best that she loved anybody in a while in that mm-hmm. book. Including herself. And... Honestly, I think that's the start of the turnaround for Kristen at the end of the book. Yeah. There She's were other steps there, but there, yeah. Mm-hmm. But for her to be able to have a conversation where she actually gets to forgive. I think mm-hmm. the, I was really merciful for on the Lord's part to give her the role of being in charge. Mm-hmm. Being, the, the, being the one at the... Um, the one standing up and the other person groveling at her feet. Mm-hmm. That warms her up to be able to forgive later. Yeah. Herself and others. So. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool scene. I think that is. I think you're right. I think that was before she has her inner dialogue with forgiveness for her late husband at that point. So. I think you're right. Yeah. Gosh, what else, Dane? What else? What other kind of takeaways? We just ended on a happy thing, but I'm going to go back into the bad stuff. All right. Well, Kay. fair enough. <clears throat> I thought it was really interesting. I thought this book showed... Um, I don't know, in, in, a, in an artistic way, rather than just beating down sin, you're th- mm-hmm. beating it down your throat. I thought it was really, really well written how the, um, the effect of sin affects a family. Mm-hmm. Um, Kristen's mother 
melancholy, broody, distant from our family. Kristen does that as well. It's interesting that Kristen's son also kind of marries a woman like that, who is not yet broody, but is very convicted, knows her ways, is pretty set in stone. Mm-hmm. Just like Kristen, just like Kristen's mother. Um, Kristen's father is a man of mercy um, and goodness and kindness. And courageousness. And, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's so many virtues. She chooses a man who doesn't exude those. I kind of like the guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just has some of... It's a complete different switch of that. Yeah. But it's so interesting in the in the fact of Kristen and Erlen's sons, mm-hmm. the seven of them, in the same sin of um, sexual promiscuity. Mm-hmm. Several of the sons engage in that. And it's just kind of something that they bat their eyes at. Yeah. And it's not... There's no repercussions for it. Yeah, there's... Like, their brashness of their father, um, the quick to act without thinking, that kind of plays it out in some of the, you know, some of the sons as well. Yeah. At least one of them is their mother's broodiness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Depends on the chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was so evident that the author intentionally showed the effect of sin. Um, a lot of times I think, oh, if I just do this wrong, it's just going to impact me. It's not going to hurt other people. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. And I think that this book showed that. Absolutely. Um, it showed how good transmits and also shows how bad transmits. Mm-hmm. And I definitely appreciated that in the book. Yeah, it was really cool to see, to make the connections of that, like, handing down and handing down. And unfortunately, that they, they would fall into the same sin. Yeah. Um, but to say, ha. Huh, that's where this came from or that's where and not that that can never be turned around and not that that can never be um in real life this is a novel um and by example um but just to see that pattern happen um especially if it's not corrected or not um yeah not called out or right um in a way that's effective for change sure so and i think before we end with a quote here yeah. Uh, what do you think, walking away from this book, rather than just like gaining head knowledge, mm-hmm. this, did this impact the way you live your life in any way? Because, I mean, this was, this was an entering in, we read this for three months. Yeah. Four months. Uh, this was an undertaking. Yes. Um, so, I know it impacted us. It's just hard to articulate. Yeah. Um, if you give me a second, is there a way that it impacted yeah. you that you'd want to share first? Sure. I think in Kristen's lack of honesty with herself, Mm. honest, she, she did a terrible job. She did of talking about with her, either with the Lord or with herself, what was actually bothering her or what was actually transpiring in her day to day life. Mm -hmm. She just shut down. She'd go to bed and be done and wouldn't talk about it with anybody. She didn't Mm -hmm. have any female friends at all. She lived with Erlen in this foreign place. Mm-hmm. Then she comes back to her homeland and doesn't talk to anybody about it. Um, and she's raising seven sons, and she's going from thing to thing. And I walked away from this book thinking, I have to have a reflection. I have to. Yeah. Um, it just, it just like cemented that for me. Mm-hmm. That thought of, 
I have to be reflective of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I have to make an active change. Like mm-hmm. what you were saying. She knows she's doing some stuff wrong. Mm-hmm. Eventually. It takes her a while to finally get honest with herself. Um, and, and recognize that there's fault in her. Yeah. But what good does that do if you don't change the look of it? It just leads her to be bitter. Right. It just, le- it just led her to be not only bitter, but to... Gosh. Be unable to forgive herself. Yeah. And... I don't want to do that. Yeah. And so just just seeing that in her in an odd way inspires me to be better. Absolutely. So. Um, I'd say mine, I would probably like tag on a lot of that. Um, just, yeah, needing to make effective change in my own life. Um, needing to trust in mercy, like in the mm-hmm. Lord's mercy. Um, and to be able to move on from that. Um, and to have integrity to make those changes um, and to continue on in that. Because I think in, like, a lot of our conversation today, um, I don't, like, we feel drawn to, like, focus on, like, the sin or focus on, like, yeah. what she did bad or that she was a broody old hag. Is that <laughs> <laughs> I said earlier. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's easy to focus on that. And I, again, with this quote at the end, there was good in her life. She served people around her quite well she felt drawn to serve the poor she felt drawn to help someone to help someone on the way along the journey um or to like always give um and give from her abundance um or give from her very little she felt very drawn to give um there are people you wish she gave to that were a little bit closer to her than right though she didn't know um it's sometimes easier to dole out forgiveness to a stranger (laughs) than the person you live with. But, um, you know, and so when we had a book club about this and when we would talk about it, I I know that I felt like I was defending Kristen a lot, and maybe that's because I was trying to defend something in my own life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep, I'll admit that. Um, But at the end of the book, when she dies... um, It's it's easy to think, okay, did she live a good life? Did she live a life that was like... um, in glorifying the Lord, um, and did she, uh, or did she live just this, like, corrupt, sinful life? Did she really have a true conversion of heart? And, um, well, it's not really our place to say that or make that call, but as we're reading the book, it's, it's, you want to wonder. And the last, one of, on the last page of the book, one of the last things it said, um, is by a priest, it's a discussion between a priest that knows Kristen and then a man who's known Kristen for a very long time in in her life. Um, and has known Erland for a really long time. Um, and, uh, the priest says, um, well, I'm sorry, I'm going to go back a step earlier. Ulf asks, um, it's only a man's sin that it does any good for him to regret. Well, why is that? Um, because no one is good without God, and we can do nothing good without him. So it's futile to regret a good deed. For the good you have done cannot be taken back. Even if all the mountains should fall, it will still stand. And so Kristen's good in her life. That can't be taken back. Um, we can trust in her goodness, and we can trust in the goodness of the Lord, um, and the Lord's mercy. Um, yeah. yeah, and I thought that was a really beautiful way to like frame the book there at the end, and to not get caught down too caught up in the... And the sin that while we can learn lots and lots and lots and lots from it in our own lives and in our own self-examination, um, but, yeah. To reflect on the good in the book. Mm-hmm. 
And can you repeat the... The quote. <laughs> but the because on. Uh, yep. Because no one is good without God, and we can do nothing good without him. So it's futile to regret a good deed, Ulf, for the good you have done cannot be taken back. Even if all the mountains should fall, it would still stand. Yeah, excellent. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it is futile to regret a good deed? We know the priest character says this in the book, yeah. right? But why would you regret a good deed? Right. Yeah. I think that's. I think that's the perfect question for that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, when Kristen starts to choose correctly. Um, you don't want to regret choosing correctly Absolutely. and choosing goodness and choosing truth. Um, it's the things that she chose poorly that she regrets. It's the things I choose poorly in my life that I regret. Right. Um, yeah. And, and the character Ulf here, the, the man who's speaking with the priest, he, yeah. he's regretting his choice because it hurts. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think... And Liz, we didn't, we omitted this entirely from the book because how can we exhaust 1,100 pages? But in mm-hmm. such a short period of time, right? But how beautiful this book truly does demonstrate the power of sacrifice, um, or the lack of sacrifice, and yes. what the repercussions are for yes. that. But there are so many love triangles within this book <laughs> that happen, and it's hard to keep them straight at times. That's, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think here he's regretting the fact that he always upheld this woman's honor. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Because <laughs> he didn't get the girl. He was with her on a dying breath. Yeah. Um, and I think that Ulf sacrificed so much, but he didn't do it. He didn't embrace it. He didn't embrace the stuff, the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, he could rejoice in that moment. Yeah. Um, and I say that because I do it, not as a, how dare you, Ulf. <laughs> oh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, we can learn from him as well. Yeah. Now, he doesn't embrace the sacrifice he makes, but he makes it, and that's still good. It's so good. And it's still good. And it's good whether he wants to acknowledge that and claim that victory or not. Yeah. Because he makes that sacrifice, and he yeah. makes it willingly. And he knows it's going to have repercussions in the town. He knows it's going to have repercussions with his friends. He mm-hmm. knows it's going to have repercussions for the woman who he loves. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning he doesn't He doesn't act on the impulse yeah, that he has. Yeah. And there's something courageous and admirable about that. And we could have spent way more time talking about Ulf in this book. <laughs> there's a lot good in this book um, to those who are listening. Um, I hope that you'd be willing to give it a try. I hope to reread it at some point in my life, but I have far too many things to be reading between now and the time I get to reread it again. But what about you, Dane? It's true. Um, In many moons, I'd read it again. (laughs) There we go. I think... I I wouldn't quite say this is in my top ten favorite books, but it's up there. Um, I'd give it a two thumbs up. I'd give it one. Um, It's lengthy. I learned a lot from it. It's just not one that... It's hard to digest. It is. It's more work than fun. 
casual observation. Get the newer translation, <laughs> and maybe you'll enjoy it more. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time, this has been Real Rumination. Thanks for listening. <laughs>